So third down and ten now. Big play for the Patriots. Bledsoe going to run it. Needs ten yards. Oh, does he hit? Oh, my. And, and the ball, they're going to actually, it looks like they're going to rule that a fumble. And, and oh, look at Drew. Yeah, is he, uh, this is more critical than the first down to the Patriots' hopes. Sean Ellis, oh. 92, was uh, carrying his 294 pounds along with Mo Lewis right into the path of Bledsoe. Uh, and Drew Bledsoe intentionally started to slow down but didn't go out of bounds. This would be from 48 yards out. And this, this has been a year about Vinatieri and, and making some great kicks against the Raiders. Two of the greatest kicks that I've ever seen in my life. Here comes one of greater importance if he makes it. And it's right down the pipe. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a second Super Bowl title in franchise history. And Tom Brady doesn't pass the torch quite yet to Mahomes, does he? No. Even though you're looking at the greatest right there. Minus three with Dave Damashek. All the way back to Mo Lewis and Drew Bledsoe and J.R. Redman and Adam Vinatieri jumping, what, 20-some years into the future. Tom Brady is still hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Bill Belichick chasing a boost to his legacy. Hi and hello, sports fans, and welcome to Minus Three, presented as always by FanDuel. Make sure you're following all the fun at Minus Three Pod on social media. Make sure you're playing along with everybody at the Extra Points Network at theextrapoints.com arcade. A, uh, we now have a YouTube channel, I understand, and no better place to jump in there than with the 45-minute conversation we had with the great Chris Long on all things that are important in pro football and some music talk and uniforms and otherwise. We have eight NFL games to get through we have some great college games we want to kibitz about here to do all of it with us Ooh, also as his red Sox and spaghetti yankees come down to the wire in the wild card race here it's kevin hench how are you fell it's a big week for you boston sports fans eh yeah i mean i guess a funeral is a big week for the deceased um it it's gonna be grim there's there's no possible way i said to sal on when we were watching the game sunday i said that's going to be seven and a half right you know i mean as as the saints were overwhelming the patriots in foxborough i was like that you know and and i don't there there's no conceivable way the patriots can stay within a score i don't know like how's this going to work like the bucks are going to get this many possessions and the patriots are going to get this many possessions and it's it's going to be an ass kicking, um, you know, which is depressing as a Patriot fans, even though I have Patriot fans who've like shifted allegiances. They, they love Brady so much that they're like, good, good. Serves them right. Like serves them right. That's your fucking team. Serves them right. Uh, I well, listen, I, I, I'm sorry to turn it into a Steelers thing ever so briefly, but I do kind of sort of get the loyalty thing. I'm kind of like, what? You guys, because news came out that Aaron Rodgers said nice things about Pittsburgh and he likes Coach Tomlin as most savvy guys who sit in front of a microphone before a game say nice things about their coming foe. If you listen to Lou Holtz on up, of course, that's what you do. You don't. What was he going to do? Denigrate them? I'd be like, this should be an easy win for us. So he said nice things (laughs) and the sad people in Pittsburgh who apparently are losing all dignity because their favorite football team is now one and two are now indulging this. We got to get Aaron Rodgers. You have your quarterback. He's there for the season, unless the offensive line is so lousy that he gets knocked out. And then it will be the Mason Rudolph experience. Um, Yeah, I'm surprised that people are team Brady. But as I have been saying for four years, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I was not wrong about Tom Brady and Belichick and Kraft and that three-headed monster. All is now being revealed in this uh, in this Wickersham book. Exactly what I knew, the intel I had, is in fact true. Kraft got Brady and Belichick to resolve their differences briefly, and but Kraft wasn't, he was always on Team Brady. Belichick was resentful of that. And so they got divorced. I guess they ran longer than most of these football marriages do. Um, so I guess it's, you don't have to be too down in the dumps, but 
I think that's letting Belichick off the hook a little too easily because there's no reason that Tom Brady shouldn't still be your quarterback, right? Shouldn't that be the the takeaway? So when you say like, well, that's your team, but I don't know. Doesn't it feel like the linchpin was in fact the guy who just won the the Super Bowl down there with the pirate ship sitting in the stadium? Argument, this whole argument, like it, it, it just speaks to the deeper fucking stupidity of the American moment where it has to be this or that. It's the only way we can discuss anything. Is it like, uh, well, uh, whose whose team are you on? AOCs or Tucker Carlson? Fucking pick a side. It's like, well, can there be a shade of gray? Can there be any nuance ever? It's like Brady and Belichick accomplished a few things together. Tom Brady, the greatest team sport athlete of all time. Bill Belichick, the greatest professional coach of all time. These, It doesn't have to be, ha ha, it was this guy, not this guy. Obviously, Brady would not be doing in New England what he's been doing in Tampa Bay. Like, he's got... Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, real weapons, and and he, which is what he was frustrated by, obviously down the stretch, and and Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne were not the answers to Tom Brady's problems in New England. So he's gone to a better place. He's he's in a happier marriage. Uh, back back in New England, we're licking our wounds. It, it's it's a pity that we couldn't have an infinite amount of weapons for him in perpetuity in New England, but he wasn't going to do what he's doing. Every once in a while, people need, or every once in a while, every 20 years, people need a new drive to work, a new parking space, a new girlfriend, a new wife, a new team, whatever. It's not, it's like this thing of like, what team are you on? Like, I'm a Patriot fan. I'll be rooting for the Patriots as they get their asses kicked on Sunday but I'm I'm happy for Brady when they're not kicking the shit out of the Patriots. I basically root for the Bucks. Like I, I love the guy. I had this thing of like you have to you have to hate one of those two or you have to be angry. Why? Why? I don't get it. Um, anyway, it's going to be a, a, a it's going to be bad. I, I hear see, you. I see that you've got your J.R. Redman sig beneath your face. Well, and, and, you know, James I, White injury. I mean, J.R. Redmond was never James White, uh, and he didn't get out of bounds, obviously, in that first Super Bowl, as we all know. But that James White injury is massive. If that is the best security blanket for the rookie quarterback whose receivers can't get any separation, like he can't get separation, he can't get separation, he can't get separation. You know who always has separation? James White. He's just standing over here in the flat, ready to bail you out, only now he's out for the year. So, um, yeah, that, I, I don't see any way the Patriots stay within a score. And that will, I, I think, teasing the Bucks and the Chiefs this week uh, is, it will be a pretty good best bet. Okay, listen. Uh, first of all, you say, how will the Patriots stay within a score? This is the premise of everything Belichick has done in New England, is play within a score against teams that quarterback – uh, notwithstanding are more talented teams, but his entire approach is just do your job, be two dimensional, listen to my coaching and it'll keep us within a game. And then the egos on the other side will make a mistake at some point and we will win. And that has worked out very well. And we can tick all those things off. J.R. Redman not getting out of bounds. I, I think it is, uh, you know, I could do this forever and I'm sure I'll leave some out and, and help me out here. And spaghetti obviously as the giants fan can contribute a couple of these too, but that's what is remains remarkable. And, 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 you know, as we go into this weekend and we will see Tom Brady, the game gets stopped down in Foxborough and there will be, uh, everybody in the house will be on their feet applauding. Some people will weep. Um, and uh, Bill Belichick will stand there and listen to the the cheers and wonder if he made a mistake somewhere along the way, or maybe he won't. But he does know, as I keep saying, are we really to believe that Tom Brady, who is comporting himself with class this week, as he always does publicly, but he sits there at the podium on Thursday in a TB12 jersey. He's like, these are very personal things, whether or not uh, Belichick and I sat down before I said my goodbyes. It's like, hey, your business partner, Alex Guerrero, ripped Belichick. Your father ripped him. There, I mean, 
I'm not being overly cynical to say, obviously, Tom Brady cut those guys loose and let them say what they what they said. They wouldn't just speak into a microphone, be like, after the fact, was that okay that I did that, Tom? You know that that's not true. But you can tick through all these things with uh, with the the Patriots run from J.R. Redmond. In fact, um, the tuck rule, a couple bad calls in Heinz Field in the title game, um, the Tyree catch, the Welker drop, the Manningham catch, um, and they're ones that go against. I mean, you know, Malcolm Butler doesn't happen. Then and and really, if they run the ball, if they run Marshawn Lynch, that's one fewer trophies. It's a fascinating eternal game you can play with taking and giving Brady what if more. Kyle Shanahan, what if Kyle Shanahan runs into the line three times and they kick a field? It's crazy. Goal? It's I mean, just crazy. How, but that's the, that's, but that's the, the nature one. of what they do. Every every if you go back through it, it is crazy that all those Lombardis come down to one score, just every single one of them. I think the biggest margin of victory for any Patriots Super Bowl was six points in overtime against the Falcons. That yeah. uh, that highlights what I say James to the hearing. To the hearing Sunday, right? And Shane Vereen should have been an MVP in Super Bowl Forty Nine too. Is uh, just as James White should have been that MVP. Either way, though, we'll get into that game. What I will say is, as a side note, um, you know the Mac Jones call was a significant one. Do you agree with me? that when you look at the numbers and otherwise, that if Cam Newton were on the roster, he would be back in as the starter at this point. Do you agree or no? Well, I think that's probably why he's not on the roster, right? Right. You yeah. don't want to get into that whole, Jesus, you know, then I got to get, yeah, I got to answer that question. No one's saying, hey, is it Brian Hoyer time? Everyone yeah. knows it's never going to be Brian Hoyer time. Um, real quick, I wonder what you think of this. I mean, Bledsoe's been such a good sport through it all. He's been, you know, he comes to Celtic games. He's 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 a he's a good guy. Mm -hmm. um, do you do you think it would be okay for the Patriots to commission a Mo Lewis statue outside of Gillette? Like, <laughs> arguably the most important, <laughs> the second most important player in Patriot history is Mo Lewis. Like, it not so right. Mo Lewis. It's like. Daddy, who's that statue of? I don't – Mo Lewis. What, when did he play for the Patriots? Like, let me tell you a story, son. Let me tell you a story about the great Mo Lewis and how he changed Patriot history by collapsing a lung. Unbelievable. Boy, you're probably right because I often say that, you know, you have the tuck rule and, I, you know, we can – chop it up a million different ways and there's a fun conversation the 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 say three most significant moments in the 20 years of uh of brady and belichick i always go to and people celebrate it and kind of i i feel like the eddie spaghettis of the world maybe aren't as keen on vinatieri making that snow kick in the week that we talk about justin tuckler uh, tucker that it is now universally accepted Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker of all time. The the name that you would float otherwise would be Adam Vinatieri for being clutch. And he made those Super Bowl kicks, you know, with the, with the game on the line and everything. The craziest kick of all time, including Justin Tucker's 66 yarder or Tom Dempsey's, uh, you know, flat footed uh, 63 yarder and otherwise is Vinatieri making that one in the snow. What was that? 42 or something like that? Like 45, I think. 45, even longer. Yeah. yeah what, the, that's the, that might be the number one, but I like the Mo Lewis statues. <laughs> it's a great idea. Do you think Sal, do you agree with Sal? He floated the idea that Belichick, who likes shenanigans, might get into the Wayback Machine. Because remember now, the Patriots' cheating ways go back before Belichick ever arrived there or inflated or deflated footballs. They cheated for the first time that I'm aware of in 1982 when they dusted off the snow from the field and uh, ran the snowplow out there. Sal submits that maybe they're going to bring the ex-con back to drive the snowplow over Brady. How say you? <laughs> You guys are still uh, upset about that John Smith chip shot. It, no, three, I enjoyed uh, it at the time. I thought it was funny. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was funny when that happened. You know, I, I'm not obviously much much like the uh, Arizona fraud it. I'm not going to dignify your your Patriots or cheaters <laughs> fucking let it go. Oh, there's way more evidence in this case here, Hedge. Um, hey, I'll tell you this. 
it was, you know, it's been a rough, we're in a rough patch for Boston sports fans. I know. I like Hench's tone. Like I like the kid around Dave, but sometimes you go too far. Well, I mean, this is a, this is a solemn week for us in Boston. The, the, and, and so we don't while, need you pushing buttons. While the Red Sox were getting swept in a little mini Boston massacre in Fenway by the Yankees. Um, and, and, you know, for the last 20 years, no matter what the Red Sox were doing, you know, whether it was 2011 and they were choking or 2013 and they were winning the World Series or 2018 and they were winning the World Series or this year they're choking. It By September, it didn't matter because you're like, hey, our world champion football team is playing. And and Sunday, no matter what happened during the week to the Red Sox, Sunday, the Patriots are going to go kick some ass. So I, you know, was very... I, Happy about the Mac Jones pick, happy about the Mac Jones preseason, happy about Mac Jones in week one, less happy in week two. And then uh, I, I like the Pats against the Saints. Jameis converting third and long. Pats can't get any pass rush. The O-line is a disaster. Mac Jones looks panicky. Sunday sucked. Uh, and and the Red Sox were, were imploding. I mean – the Red Sox were actually just being the Red Sox. Like they don't have any bullpen. They can't get the last 12 ounce of any game. They, they Garrett Whitlock and Josh Taylor are both hurt. They don't have a good pitcher in their bullpen, but I had one saving grace. Like this was the one saving grace to being a Boston sports fan in this, this, these really grim times. Kyrie Irving doesn't play for the fucking Celtics anymore. Thank Christ. Thank Christ. That selfish son of a bitch is not dribbling for 20 seconds every possession for the Celtics anymore. Enjoy, enjoy Brooklyn. It's going to be fun because, you you know, James Harden and Kevin Durant can do it. Like Kyrie's neither here nor there. He's just an extra selfish human being. Uh, But that was my silver lining, just being reminded, oh, Kyrie's still out there being a hugely selfish prick and a bad teammate, as he's always been. He's just someone else's bad teammate now. And I was delighted. I was delighted. You know, obviously, if they stay healthy, they'll win the title. That's fine. But he's he's a selfish guy. And uh, he reminded us all and all the Celtics who had to stand and watch him dribble for 20 seconds on every possession were like, oh, right. Selfish prick. Right. Oh, now I remember. So that was my only the only upside for my week in Boston sports. I'm glad you had your small victory. Uh, yeah, addition by subtract, uh, subtraction there. Hey, uh, as we jump into these things, and we'll start making, uh, like I say, I've selected eight pro football games. Spaghetti and I went over some college games, or some really juicy ones, as a matter of fact. Go back and listen to Extra Points. Um, we have our first NIL. Did you know that, Hench? We, with the Extra Points Network? Yeah. I, I, bumper I, I pool. Can't- I can't say that I fully understand what it means, but I'm I'm on board the bumper pool train. Oh, he's going to let JT Daniels. He's going to sack JT Daniels and then like say also you should subscribe to extra points. I guess that's uh, that's what we'll get out of that. <laughs> Arkansas at Georgia. It's crazy. The second ranked team in the country against the eighth ranked team. Same conference. 18 and a half is the number on this one. We don't even know if JT Daniels is going to be 100% in that game. Since he at the Irish Spaghetti, of course, is on a Notre Dame, but they're catching points from the Bearcats at home in South Bend. I can't believe that. Michigan at Wisconsin, the Badgers giving half a point. Final score to that one, three to two. The Badgers are going to cover that one. No passes thrown in that game, I don't uh, imagine. And the Hoosiers are at Penn State. Ten and a half, they're catching. Look out for Penix. He's the one who extended that ball and did hit the pylon an instant before he hit out of bounds last year. The Nittany Lions will be looking for revenge. Let's hope they don't get it. Speaking of Pennsylvania college football, Shady McCoy has retired. Quick thought from you, um, Kevin Hench. Hall or nothing? For Shady? Yeah. Not quite. No. The guy, the running back, everybody always loves to float Ricky Waters. As the guy who is the biggest, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Roger Craig, Ricky Waters to me is the guy who should be in the Hall of Fame. Look up his numbers. Look where he was with great football teams. I mean, he was on that Niners team that destroyed the Chargers, you know, one of the all-time great teams, the 94 Niners. He was on good Eagles teams. He was on good Seahawks teams. It's That's not a coincidence, and his numbers bear out that he should be in the Hall of Fame. And yet you almost never hear the name, everybody, Ricky, why, why is Roger Craig not in? Because he's not as good as Ricky Waters, who also isn't in. I think Shady McCoy 
is borderline. I think he needed one more yeah. great season to get in. And, and I agree on Ricky Waters. Um, and he has the raw numbers. Like, you know, baseball has these numbers where it's like, if you hit that number, you're going in the Hall of Fame. They're not going to be any 3,000 guys with 3,000 hits who aren't in the Hall right. of Fame. And Ricky Waters is, is over 10,000 yards and was a great receiver. So that, that is a bit of a puzzle and won everywhere he played. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's start that campaign. I think Shady McCoy also is uh, is over 10K, which used to be kind of the magic number. It is funny. Like the if you're Eddie Spaghetti, the, the 20 years between us is is gargantuan in the way we reflect on baseball. Like, well, that's an all time record that's been going on for like baseball's numbers go way back for Eddie Spaghetti. It's like, well, football's numbers go way back there. there there's a it, when we were born, Hench, or when we started watching football, it's like, yeah, Jim Brown and then Joe Perry, like those and, and OJ Simpson. Those were the great rushers like that you had to catch. Joe Perry is so far down and you're like, how did that happen? Oh, cuz there've been uh, like 40 years worth of football since we started watching. That's why. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I I could see the argument for well, Katie McCoy. You know, I mean, obviously you, you when you about. when everyone starts hammering Edelman for his his regular season stats, and he doesn't belong in the hall because of these stats. And I say, well, he does belong in the hall because of these stats. And then you go to Lynn Swan's 336 regular season catches, which was three seasons for Marvin Harrison. It becomes very hard to compare eras. Um, and in the same way, it's funny, baseball, baseball dealt with the steroid era, which kind of effed everything up in terms of like, what do these numbers mean? Um, but now we're in this three true outcomes era where both Salvador Perez and Marcus Simeon set the all-time record for home runs at their position. Uh, and and uh, and it is kind of like, oh, is this just what it is now? There's just going to be a shitload of homers, a shitload of walks, and a shitload of strikeouts. And uh, very, very few hit and run first and thirds, I, I guess. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I don't know that aesthetically I, I hate it, although if, if – if baseball is going to start looking like the current Yankees lineup, I guess I do hate it. Just get get nine hulks because defense doesn't really make much of a difference. I never loved, probably because I was not rooting for that particular team. I was rooting for a rival of the St. Louis Cardinals. But Whitey Herzog, the the genuflecting to his genius with the, with all that stuff, one base at a time. I just never got into it. I was a kid, and so, of course, I liked home runs. It wasn't just uh, the ladies that liked the long ball. Kids like it, too. Um, but, um, all right, let's 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 do some football picking, shall okay. we? Let's, uh, let's jump in here. Hey, I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but uh, after 20 years on the same sideline, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are going to meet this weekend. But as opponents, it's the GOAT QB versus the alleged GOAT head coach. I don't know. We don't have time to debate that right now. You can be a part of the epic showdown with an unbelievable odds bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. No way you can lose this one. Well, with a little asterisk. Right now, new users, if you use, you got to use the promo code FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus, the number three, minus three in the promo code there. New users, can win $125 on a $5 bet. If either team scores a touchdown, that is correct. You heard it right. 25 to 1 odds on any touchdown, anytime during the Tampa Bay New England game. I mean, unless you think this is going to be a 3 2 game, like we're going to get up in uh, uh, Wisconsin this weekend, this is a surefire winner. This is one of the many great things about joining up with uh, FanDuel, the quick payouts, the the great site, so on and so forth. Get in there, join us, get in the winner circle, get some money in your pocket there, and just make sure you use the promo code minus three, fanduel.com slash minus three, the word minus the number three, and we'll see you in the winner circle. All right. Well, we got an easy one. We got a layup we have free money this week we do yeah i keep telling everybody you know what i'm the last two weeks i've given you a big dog that's gonna win outright and been correct i told you the chargers um would go into arrowhead and and uh, emerge victorious and so they have and just like i told you the chiefs are now one and two and with a real shot at being four and three seven games into the season uh what's the gimme one though hench um the Cowboys are going to destroy the Panthers. I, I, I don't the, the 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 Panthers are aren't as good as their record, and the Cowboys are actually better than their record because they really should have beaten the Bucks week one. 
uh, you know, watching the Cowboys kick the shit out of the Eagles by 20 in a game that wasn't that close. Remember, Dak handed Fletcher Cox a touchdown at the beginning of the game. Like, that that was a 30-point blowout. And when you watch the Cowboys come up to the line of scrimmage, you're like, well, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to take away? You know, you always talk about Belichick's going to take away the number one thing that the team likes to do. What do you do? What do you do? Dak is better than he's ever been. These receivers uh, can't be covered one-on-one. If you do manage to take everything away, Dalton Schultz is wide open, is just going to be galloping for first downs. So that that is that offense is is incredible and and will be so throughout. Um, and 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 Carolina is is missing their best player, and you know wasn't I don't think it was that good with him. Uh, with McCaffrey. So that number this morning was four and a half. I, I know it's inching up rapidly and you should jump on it, but that's still too low. Uh, that's a double digit win. Easy so that's your best bet of the week? The best bet of the week. Cowboys to cover uh, against Carolina. It's funny because I already gave out my best bet of the week on extra points. It was the Brewers over the Cardinals. You knew that the Cardinals would be hung over after 17 in a row. The Brewers did, in fact, cover the one and a half. Um, so that was my best bet. But I love where your head's out on this one, Hench. The Cowboys, I, I know it makes Cowboys fans uncomfortable, Cousin Sal being one of them, but they're going to run away. I think yeah. that maybe the Titans have an easier path um, to their division title. And by the way, the other one, the people, the, the number that continues, that Browns have slightly longer odds to win the AFC North than the Baltimore Ravens do. This is the one that people refuse to accept. Lamar Jackson is deserves celebration. All the celebration he's getting, uh, everybody's saying, oh, Shaq, we told you, like, the league ain't going to figure out Lamar Jackson. I wasn't in on figuring him out. It was the roster that he was playing on. And by the way, he fumbled away the game in overtime in in Vegas. Okay, so that one was on him. But week two, they should have lost the game. You know, CEH doesn't fumble there. What do you think was going to happen? Um, in the next minute, or if Mahomes doesn't throw the ball to them with a double-digit lead, like right. yeah, that that game. I mean, the Ravens should be zero and three, and as someone who bet them, someone who bet them under ten and a half wins, I'm a little pissed that they're two and one. What what the league has figured him out? The Lions were up 16-10. It was fourth and nineteen. Like I don't like whoa, and then and then uh, obviously the rest don't call a delay a game. What would we, that should have been a road loss to the Lions. So what would we be saying about Lamar Jackson if not for fourth and 19, a missed call and and a 66 yard? Field? What we'd be saying is because this is the way everybody's such an empath in the 21st century for superstar players getting paid millions of dollars on, on a bad team. We must do better for Deshaun Watson. Free him. We can't look. How can we how can we watch uh, Portland Trail Blazers basketball and not feel bad for Dame Lillard? We must liberate him like he's doing all right. I think I think his life is probably pretty happy, as Chaz Barkley will inform you. It ain't the end of the world if you don't bring home a title. Um, but OK, I, 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 I love uh, I love that pick. I'm with you. Oh. But the takeaway is, you're right. The Cowboys are for real. I stick with the Panthers as a wild card in the NFC, which is still pretty soft. The Cowboys are going to run away with the NFC East. There is no competition to be had there. Cleveland at the Vikings, another team that's going to run away with its division, is the Packers. We'll get to their home game against the aforementioned Pittsburgh Steelers in just a second here. Browns playing great ball. Obviously, their punter doesn't screw up in week one in Arrowhead. Now we're talking about an 0-3 Chiefs team um, and a 3-0 Browns team who everyone the world over agrees is headed to the Super Bowl, the Cleveland Browns, if they win that game in Arrowhead and are now 3-0 heading to the Twin Cities. The Vikings plus 2.5 at home, the total on this one, 51.5. How say you, Hedge? I like the Vikings. I I, uh, I was on them last week, um, and I don't know. Like, Cousins moves the ball. And obviously, um, you know, they're probably going to be in a running back platoon if Dalvin's back because you can't really just tell Madison that he's he's going to get three carries after what he did last week. But that's, you know, bad for my fantasy team, but good for, uh, good for the Vikings. It means they're blowing people off the ball. And, you know – 
I mean, the, the kicker made 252 yarders in Arizona and then missed the chip shot to win it. Um, but you look at their overtime loss to Cincinnati, the missed field goal at Arizona, and then and then beating Seattle. They could be three and zero pretty easily too. And uh, and I I like that. I like that Vikings team. I think that's a that that that's a weird one to picture Baker going in there and winning that one for me. I I like the. I like the Vikings at home catching a couple. It's a tough one to call because you're right about the Vikings. The The practical mismatch is Miles Garrett coming off of what he did last week and Jadavian Clowney, and if they can continue to ride that wave, Kirk Cousins is, I mean, everybody. that This is the best matchup, in fact, of what I always say. And people say, uh, will push back at me and say, it's the most obvious point you make, Dave, is that if a quarterback is under pressure, he's not as good as when he has a clean pocket. But, I mean, there's a difference there between how bad you get when you get under pressure. Bake. Bake and Kirk, the two worst. The biggest difference between clean pocket and somebody getting after them. The range of performance is the biggest between those two. So it's funny to see what will happen there. Two good pass rushes coming at them. Bake has the better offensive line, though, so he should be kept clean. I do think, though, and I don't want to name names here, but I talked to a highly regarded Browns fan recently, and he pointed at something that he's scared about. Odell Beckham, weirdly, and by the way, I, this is one of my favorite points to make, too, about this century. It's fun. Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, Nuke Hopkins, Antonio Brown with the Steelers, um, Calvin Johnson with the Lions. There is no evidence, as much fun as it is to watch those guys and the matchup nightmare and everything else that they create, that that's what gets you to Super Bowls. That go, go through the 20. I mean, Tyreek Hill is probably the best wide receiver to win a Super Bowl this millennium. And, you know, Randy Moss with the Patriots counts it, 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 uh, on that, too. Odell Beckham. Well, Randy Moss in, never won a Super Bowl. Well, right. Yeah. We're, but I'm just saying that. Right. Right. All, all, right. right. I'm saying in this millennium, there's no evidence or, or very little that that equals success or at least January success. And in the meantime, Odell Beckham. For his dominance when he's healthy and everything's just right, he still is an energy suck everywhere he goes. And it's weird. It's something to watch that Baker didn't look as good last week. The defense carried the day, but he doesn't look. Baker gets that thing of like, and you see that with other quarterbacks too, like I got to feed this guy a little bit, especially no Jarvis Landry. It's something to watch. I'm going to take the Browns though. Uh, minus the two and a half on the road, but I, I I can see where your head's at on that one. We cover you, you got to pick on that one. Spaghetti. This is, two weeks, this is two weeks in a row, so I have to call you on it, right? So like your thing, and and I agree. It's like Claire McCaskill talks to all these Republican senators. They all tell her privately, "We hate Donald Trump. Donald Trump's a moron. I hate that guy." And then and then Claire McCaskill won't tell us. Well. Which, okay, it was Mark Sessler from the Around the NFL podcast. That okay, made you feel happy there we go. Okay, you're setting yourself free. Now, <laughs> who is the patriot who thinks Alex Guerrero is a moron with the sage over the knee? This is just That saying. I don't want that I don't want to tell. That part I don't want to tell cuz cuz Brady's got juice. He could put a hit on that guy. Oh, I don't yeah. like, you know. Not like Donald Trump. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, I'm not well, I'm not going there. Okay. So are we doing I never know because this show's so poorly produced. Not your fault, Eddie. Uh I listen, I can't I, help I, it. I, like, I go I where the I, best I, bets. Like I'm doing I go where my spirit bets. is. Go ahead, yeah, give me your I best bet. I do one best bet, and then you're like, now you start reading off a list of all the games. Like, well, I'll talk all right, about my Browns, but it's not on my best bets. Well, you want the you want the floor? The floor is yours. I just want to just scooch through my best bets, and that that's how we've been doing it, right? Spaghetti, am I out of my mind? Right? We do our I, best I, bets. I'm so glad you brought this up, too, because I was quite confused. Like You you, you bring up the Cowboys Panthers. I'm like, that's a great bet to give out. I'm like, here we go, best bets. And then Dave's just us going through the NFL schedule. I'm like, well, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. This is going to be a mess. Can we? Okay, I want Hench to do it, but you got to meet me halfway. The Cardinals and the Brewers. I'm in the middle of my best football picks, <laughs> and this guy said, got Cardinals Brewers. Like, come All right, on, well, man. Okay, first, though, very quickly, your, need, your, your win to- play show, your win play show, LaCroix flavors. All right. Third place, passion fruit. Okay, it's all right. Tries uh, a little too hard for me. 
This I actually hate, but it's it's uh, limoncello. It's the for the daughters, and this. But this is the gold standard. This this one right here, the limon. Yeah, I've I've tried that one. That's that's really good. That's really good. I like. Maybe we got another sponsor. Maybe we got. I like. I'd love that. Lime is very good. I like the original, but you know what's number one in my book right now? Pomplemousse. I love. Oh yeah, I've had. I've been on that jag, but you know before I I go on and off. All All right, go ahead. Okay. Best bets here they are, everybody. Let's not wait another second. (laughs) They get people get excited. They're they're spending their Cowboys winnings. They're going like, what else can I win on? Okay, okay, so as you were watching your your brilliant call, the Chargers, and I mean some good smart coaching, some good smart aggressive coaching at the end, because we were screaming like he's got to kick the field goal, and then we watched that extra point. We're like. Oh, that was that was definitely the move to get crazily aggressive there. They beat the Chiefs. So the Chiefs are now lost two in a row. We got that in your mind. And then you're watching the Eagles just get the shit kicked out of them by the Cowboys. And you're like, well, um, I guess the worst case scenario for the Eagles would be, I mean, this can't possibly be what's coming up for you on the schedule. You're going to go from the ass kicking, can't cover the Cowboys receivers to a Chiefs team that's just lost two in a row, that's that's seven and a half, and and the Chiefs are are going to win that game comfortably. There's no way Jalen Hurts is going to hang with an angry Patrick Mahomes. That that's going to be another. I mean, the Eagles are not good. You you said it. The Cowboys are going to run away with that division. There's three bad teams and a very good team. And it was weird listening to Greasy and Riddick talk about it. Like I don't know. I think the Cowboys can make the playoffs. Really? Because you just watch them clinch a playoff spot. That's what's happening on the field. They're way, way better than the other three teams in that division. They're very caught up in their feelings right now because they know people are interested in the two brothers who are yapping on the deuce. I can't believe you're going old school with Brian Greasy. Well, it's funny because Sal and I talked about this and I do pop back and forth, but I like the full screen. And the full sound, which unfortunately includes inferior analysts, but like, let's just get, let's just have Peyton be the lead analyst and then all all of our problems are solved, right? Okay. All right. That's a, that's a a nice solve on that one. Okay. Give us your third. Okay. Um, This, so, so those are the two football picks. And I would also throw out, I would throw out. Um, if you're if you're afraid of that number in the Chiefs, uh, I am not. Game. You are a hundred percent right. They are going to get smoked, and anything about like, well, the Eagles looked a little bit better than we thought they would when they had Sirianni. Maybe he isn't going to be such a joke after all. All of that conversation, set it all aside. The reason when the Eagles have been good in the last, you know, since Andy Reid moved on, in that what is that seven eight years, whatever it's been, is that they quietly or otherwise control the line of scrimmage on both sides. They're now decimated at the offensive line. That they that offense does not have much of a shot. I like the pass catchers they have. I like the speed they have at running back. They just ain't built to get they don't have an offensive line now. So yes, I am with you. The Chiefs cannot afford a loss. They must go in there and and uh and lay waste to the overmatch. And not not dick them. around. You know, Mahomes like he does sometimes look like he's having fun or I'm going to try something like that feels like that just has to be a mission. Um, but if you don't like the size of that number, you can tease that with the bucks down to one, one and a half. Uh, both those teams are going to win. Love oh, it. Love it. Uh, also the bill did you, or the bills, the Houston, the Houston Texans are coming to town 15 and a half. I love gigantic numbers like that in pro football. It's funny because it makes you stay away from it. Um, but I, I do think, like you say, if you tease that one down with the with uh, with um, the Chiefs, I think it, it would be impossible. The Bills are pretty. Way. The Bills are pretty merciless. Like some teams just don't mind running it up, and I I don't I don't think the Bills want the Texans hanging around. Um, now this is a baseball bet that jumped out at me as I was going through all the possible permutations. Okay, the Yankees are going to be in that wild card game. And it also looks like the Dodgers are going to be in their wild card game, which is, is nuts on the Dodger side, but Dodgers Yankees to play in the world series plus 2,700, 27 to one. 
The Yankees are going to be in that wild card game and they're going to win that wild card game. I know he's been scuffling a little bit. Garrett Cole is not losing that wild card game. Once they win that wild card game and it's it's the Rays, the White Sox and the Astros, the Yankees are every bit as good as those other three teams. I would argue the Dodgers, because Scherzer got lit up Wednesday night, the Dodgers have a better chance of losing that wild card game than the Yankees. But if the Yankees and Dodgers win those wild card games and you're sitting there with $100 to win $2,700 if they meet in the World Series, that is that could be a very lucrative ticket at not a very big investment. Um, so that's my baseball best bet. Oh, and one bonus. Sorry, sorry to have so much money to give away. Spaghetti will like this one and it can transition right into his picks. Giants plus 280 money line to win against the Saints. <laughs> Spaghetti, come on. Giants, not as bad as their record. Saints, not as good as their record. Oh, you're wrong on both of those counts. I um, I don't know. I don't know if I can be on board with that. That is, uh, that's a tough one. I, I think I've given up all hope. The, I finally have given up. I've waved the white flag with the Giants. I'm no longer uh, on this, this, this like parade with them. I can't, I can't take it anymore. He likes uh, the Jets I, now. No, hey, I'm just. This. Let me ask you this. Oh, this is good for the three of us. We have Pittsburgh, New York, and Boston. Here we go. Okay. Spaghetti first, then check. Our three respective quarterback situations, rank them in order, best to worst. Quarterback situation. Patriots, Giants, Steelers. uh, I think best by far is uh, the Patriots and Mac Jones. I think he has a bright future and just a rookie. I think it's a no-brainer. I think number two, uh, right now, if I'd rather have Daniel Jones or Ben Roethlisberger, it's clearly Jones, who by all metrics has been fine, not been the issue for the Giants. But I think this will be his last season starting for the Giants. And third, obviously, I just gave it away. It's 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 the Steelers uh, and Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, in your mind, um, I think uh, dimes may be – Dimes could be throwing it on the banks of the three rivers at this time next year. So it, it, spaghetti, you're saying uh big Ben, not keeping up with the Joneses. Oh, <laughs> I see. Okay. I All see. Right. Check, or one check. of them at least. Do you disagree? No, I think you're, I think you're in good shape. The giants are going to have a weird spot. And what you want is for, for dimes to stink it up the rest of the way. If you're a giants fan, because one, obviously you want to elevate as high as you can to get a quarterback in the draft or otherwise, maybe you'll be a player in free agency. <laughs> hey, Danny um, Dimes, we need you to uh, lose these games. Why? Cause we need a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. That might be difficult to sell the, the eight there. Um, just as it is to seven, which is the problem. Like the steel, they, the steel, people all off season. Steeler need the tank. They, they need the tank so that they can get a high draft pick. And then those same cynics will point out, by the way, it's my favorite place or, or I, I can't understand the amnesia that impacts generally speaking, uh, bright pundits. We've reached the place in the never ending draft process where uh, we're, you know, on the cusp of October here, where everybody, these people who watch college football, they watch pro football, they have decreed right now, I don't know if any of these guys in the coming class is going to be worth a first-round pick. This happens every year. That ha- This happened at this time last year. Mac Jones, I mean, he's played well so far. Did anybody project that guy at this time last year as a first-round pick? They did not. Every year this happens. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I get Trevor Lawrence is going to be good, and I guess Justin Fields will be a first. I don't know if there's anybody else. Spoiler alert. They're always going to be first-round pedigree quarterbacks, and they will get taken if you're high enough up there in the uh, in the draft order. People in Pittsburgh, this is part of the hand-wringing, one, one of the many elements of, of, the, uh, the, of the sad hand-wringing for the Steelers at one and two, who, by the way, would be two and one if T.J. Watt would have played the last two weeks, but he didn't, and all right, everybody has injuries, and so that's not an excuse. But um, Matt Corral is going to be there from home. I mean, listen, I'm not going to tick off all the quarterbacks that are going to wind up once we get through pro days and everything else. I am not concerned about that. I think the dangerous game for the Giants is Danny Dimes looking good enough that they actually talk about like, 
I don't know, maybe not the $40 million deal, but let's keep this kid for three more years at 20, 20 a year. Let's see if we can get that. I hope that that's not the case if you're a Giants fan, but that's the danger, at least with the Steelers. If you are convinced Roethlisberger is finished and he can't move, but I, you know, he made the killer pick early in the second half against the Bengals that really ended the game, essentially, that allowed it to get to 24-7. But he can still throw. He's not Drew Brees. He's not dead-armed. He can still sling it. He just can't move. That's the problem. And behind an atrocious offensive line, that's no good. But these people are like, Dave, they, the Steelers should have tanked it. It's like, and done what? Like burn Cam Hayward a year off of his 11, uh, uh, it, it, late in his career. TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick. Go tell those guys like, well, hey guys, we're laying down this year. Uh, but it, it'll it'll work out. In it. You can't do that if you're a team like the Steelers. Um, well, when so answer when, is your team. When Ben Roethlisberger is your quarterback, you are tanking. You just don't have, you're not advertising it. That That's good. I mean, that's that's the best way to tank. People think you're trying. Do you think for real, do you think for real that, I mean, let's not even get uh, fantastical about what else could be happening. Let's say it was Mason Rudolph. Would Do, would, do you think he would do better? That's tough. He's terrible. Dwayne uh, Haskins? Uh, Ryan well, Fitzpatrick. Say, what if it was it. Ryan Fitzpatrick? What if it was Ryan Fitzpatrick? What? I, I'll say this. Yeah, Fitzmagic would be better. Literally nobody, nobody in the league would have thrown the ball to the guy standing three feet in front of it. Like, that pick. <laughs> that was bad. That was, I, I was bad. Like, I know. First of all, I don't even know how you – I don't know what you're looking at. The The receiver he's allegedly throwing to is completely bracketed. Like, there were three Bengals, all of whom had a much better shot at this ball – you know, the first guy intercepted it. But like, if you took the guy that's right in the middle of your line of vision away, that guy is bracketed. He is completely covered. Um, so so that, that pick was uh, inexcusable. And I think it is a byproduct of what you said. As soon as he starts moving, his percentage chance of anything good happening just starts to diminish. And that, and that is the sad irony because he is uniquely gifted in pro football's history there's there is not i don't think anyone close to him in the ability to you know better on the move better rolling out than he is I standing in the gonna, pocket i thought you were gonna say hot dog eating contest oh uh, look who's a stinker look who wants to get in of, yeah uh He's a poor old man, and you're picking on him. I hope you feel good about yourself. Here's another old man, though. Here's the only pushback that, well, not the only, I can provide plenty, but the point that I would make is what I think the Steelers were trying to do, my best read on it is they hoped for a Peyton Manning in 2015 formula to work out in their favor. Is 2021 Roethlisberger better than 2015 Peyton Manning? Yes, he is. Did Peyton Manning win the Super Bowl that year? Yes, he did. That's what they were hoping for. The defense has been the letdown. The offensive line, unsurprisingly, has been a letdown so far. I just think they got to get to a place. If they, I don't think it's unreasonable if they lose in Lambeau, let's say, at, that they then would be Denver at home and Seattle at home, and then they're you know let's say ah, they're one they're three and three. They get the bye. They kind of get healthy. I, I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl, but I. I think that it doesn't have to be an abject embarrassment as everyone has decreed this next uh, 14 games is going to uh, be. We get, we let, we get, we get to Spiedi's picks in a second, but we could do the same thing with the Steelers and Roethlisberger that we were doing with Patriots and Brady, which is he puts up a 22.6 quarterback rating against the Seahawks. Like he's uh, Don't start with me. He's don't you start with that. that Super Bowl. He is terrible. It's one of the worst non-Craig Morton Super Bowl performances of all time. And then, obviously, he makes the, the, the San Antonio Holmes throw, which is great. But if James Harrison doesn't return it to 100 yards, they lose that Super Bowl. Now, you If could the Cardinals throw, score there at the end of the first half, you are correct. Yeah, and then you could throw Richard Mendenhall back at me and say, well, they should have won that one. But, but Big Ben could be ringless very easily. Oh, um, unless creep. we're talking about onion rings, because then obviously – 
He's got a fistful. I don't like your tone. I don't appreciate your tone. These are difficult times. A few pounds. That's all. Oh, I see. Oh, that was what you were getting. I didn't know. Okay, that's good. So yes, you're in the best spot. Congratulations on that. All right, all right. Eddie Spaghetti, your best best. All right, yeah. So no Giants picks uh, for me. Luckily, I'm I'm off that. But I've been about Harry level bad here, and it's a weird week for NFL picks. I wasn't in love with a lot of the lines. I do think what uh, Hench mentioned before the Cowboys. I love that. I do think the Bucks, unfortunately for Hench, will crush the Pats. So those are not my best bets. But these are the ones I'll give out. My first one, I'll give one NFL. I have two college. Um, and I know a lot of people, I feel like you guys are not going to like this pick, but for some reason I like this pick a lot. Uh, it's the Colts and basically a pick them. It's Colts uh, getting a point and a half at Miami. Just looking at the stats, I mean, well, number one, Jacoby Brissett now playing quarterback for Miami over Tua. A lot of people don't believe in Tua. I was a Tua believer, but it seems like the lines don't really change that much, even with Tua out, which is kind of alarming if you are a Dolphins fan. But uh, the the Miami passing game was ranked 28th in DVOA and also 20th in points per drive. So their offense is not good. Rushing the same, it's not even much better. They're 26th in DVOA. And I know that the Colts, even hasn't been great. Their offense hasn't been great either. But, you know, looking at Carson Wentz, he had two games versus the, the Rams and, the, and the, uh, the Seahawks. So he threw for over 500 yards, had three touchdowns combined. I mean, it's not... He hasn't been absolutely miserable. I know the last game wasn't so great. I think this is a game where he can get right. They still have the weapons in Pittman and Pascal, and I I think that Jonathan Taylor has not been great this year, is a good back, and he'll also figure it out, and this is a a get-right game for them down in Miami. Um, So I like the Colts in that one, and I'll switch Hmm. over to my college picks. Um, I feel like this one, again, uh, you guys may not like this, and they have a long streak of not winning in Camp Randall, but – Michigan again in a pick them basically point and a half uh, at Wisconsin. Look, after watching that Wisconsin game last week, uh, just seeing the the lack of adjustments made by Paul Christ and just, you know, what Mertz's turnover issues are, is really bad. And maybe here Harbaugh turned things around. I was like looking at what, uh, you know, reading about Michigan and the, the points, you know, they scored 63 points, 47 points, 31 points. Michigan scoring is not a problem. And Wisconsin's best attribute in their team is their pass rush, and Michigan happens to have one of the better pass-locking units in the Big Ten, if not the best. I know the Rutgers game was a little bit shaky there, but uh, I, I think Michigan can get it done here and finally win a game in Camp Randall. I don't think there is – and also the teams are going on a different trajectory here. With Ohio State in a down year, I think Michigan feels this kind of juice that maybe they can finally beat them, and Harbaugh really needs this. And you know, reversely, Wisconsin, after the, uh, the awful fourth quarter versus Notre Dame and obviously the early loss to Penn State, uh, they're just trending in different directions here so i like michigan to really get fired up and and win this one here my last one uh, i guess not surprisingly is going to be notre dame i just feel like this is an ultra disrespected move towards notre dame here being a home dog um look you know cincinnati's people have that bowl game on their mind versus georgia and they like them a lot coming in here and i think this is they're both these teams are victims of the preseason polls which we've talked about ad nauseum on this show where notre dame didn't look great versus uh, florida state they didn't look great versus toledo but they're starting to get things right, and their their defense is kind of figuring it out uh, under Marcus Freeman, who, by the way, was the defensive coordinator for Cincinnati. So if there's anyone who's going to know about Cincinnati's game plan and the players in that roster, it's Marcus Freeman. All three quarterbacks are healthy, so you're going to see a little bit of Pine probably, uh, but you see mostly Jack Cohen. I think Buckner will come in and get his some, some run play. So pretty hard to gamble for three to for three quarterbacks there. Kevin Austin, I mean, he's just. He's just so big and he's just so powerful at receiver. Like there's no cornerback that to match up with him. And plus you have to, you know, worry about Michael Mayer, who's the best tight end in college football. Uh, I like Notre Dame a lot in this one at home. Cincinnati just, their roster is not nearly as good as Notre Dame's. They're coming into going to be a crazy, crazy South Bend stadium. And uh, I, I like them to win this. So I, again, I think that if you just, you know, look at these teams on paper and got the rankings out of your mind, uh, I don't think the line should look like this. So I really like Notre Dame in this one. I think they will slip up eventually the Irish, but I don't think it's this game. I think that's a great call on the Bearcats, former DC. That does obviously impact a kid that age, what he, what his tendencies are. The The grown man is going to know where the kid wants to put the ball. So yes, that should favor the Irish there. I disagree with, with you on the other two. Let's meet loaf it. Two out of three ain't bad. I love Hench's, uh, best plays in pro football this weekend. I I absolutely agree with the Chiefs, absolutely agree agree with the Cowboys. As we go through the last couple here, um, the cards at the Rams, this is a big swing week in the mighty NFC West. I've been saying it for eight months. I don't like that Seahawks defense. That Seahawks defense 
is officially crummy. They're going into San Francisco. A little bit of a fishy line, I feel like. The Niners laying only three. The Seahawks have given very little evidence in the last fortnight that they're a good team. Total on that one, 52. Season in jeopardy alert. If they lose that game, the Seahawks, they're really getting pretty far back. I know there are plenty of games left and all that kind of rhetoric, but still, practically, who are they catching out of that trio? The Cards are at the Rams in the meantime. Rams given four and a half. This could be, you know, human beings, a lot of buzz. Rams team to beat now in the NFC. I could see a slip up there, but that same buzz exists for the cards. I'll take the Rams given the four and a half. The total on that one, 54 and a half. Got to think it's going to go over that, right? Who's stopping anybody there as good as the Rams defense is? Um, the I really want to take the Niners because Jimmy G slash Trey Lance should have a day against the Seahawks secondary. I think that it's a shame, like I said early in the week, um, I feel bad for Jimmy G because, hence, you have perpetuated this argument even longer than I have. The kickers are too good now. The framers of the game never intended for guys to make 50-yard field goals with any, um, uh, you know, with any uh, plus sort of um, percentage, and they make them with regularity, and then you have games swing on 66-yard field goals now. But, you know, also Mason Crosby, that should have been a nice moment for Jimmy G and a redemption thing for him on the big stage, and then Aaron Rodgers erases it in two throws. Um, but he surprised them by passing to number 17. Who could have seen that coming? Who the fuck could have seen that coming? Uh, I know, you're right. a professional football coach, Jesus Christ, guys. Uh, here's who we have to guard. Number 17. Don't let him get 25 yards on first down and and definitely don't let him get 17. So on the, on the second completion, he's uncovered like they're in a prevent up by 25. Like, like he's running free on the second completion. Um, yeah, that should have been a Niners victory. Jimmy G played really well, except for his two mistakes he makes every game. Yeah. Um, and I, and I totally agree with you on this line and, and the Niners trampling the Seahawks. I do. Yeah. Okay. And, the, and what do you, I just, the only thing that spooks me is like, I say the Hawks need it real bad or cause if they're, you know, if they're one and three in that division, they're not catching up to anybody, you know, then they're, then they're playing for a wild card and even within their division, they're, you know, the, the, uh, just having to play all those teams the rest of the way is going to knock them further down, presumably. So things get pretty Pete dire. Carroll, Pete Carroll writing, we need this one on the chalkboard is going to change the fact that that defense is terrible. Do you know, one of my favorite things ever was I was talking with some football guys, including one Michael Robinson, formerly a Penn State, the great quarterback, and, you know, then became a fullback in the NFL. And I was talking about like, you know, it might be politically incorrect, but wouldn't it? What if a coach in the pregame did um, the glory thing around the campfire before the before the battle that ends the picture? The mm -hmm, you're not a human being if you don't get into that. Like if you're like, come on! And and he said, do you, Michael Robinson said, do you know Pete Carroll did that once in the locker room? And we were all fired up, and we're like, mm -hmm. Go ahead. What do you got to say? Like, I'm going into battle with the, you know, with the good book in this. And like, mm -hmm. and I said, wow, that's awesome. And, and what did he said, we got destroyed. So anyway, so I don't, so I don't know if any, like, we need this one real bad fellas yeah. has any impact on professional athletes. Guys, I'll take the ramp. If we lose this one. What? I'll, really? I'll, oh, you guys didn't know that? I, I'm sorry. Never mind. I All wonder right, well, if, I wonder if the takeaway is after this weekend, because Brady should take care of business up there in Foxborough. We'll get to that in just a sec. I wonder if the takeaway is, oh, the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC because they are going to vanquish the Panthers, like you say. The Rams, I think, survived the cards. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a field goal game and uh, the Rams don't get over the four and a half there. I'm with you more definitively with the Cowboys. And that brings us to our last two, the Pittsburgh Steelers. At the Green Bay Packers. Packers giving six and a half. Now, of course, if you've been paying attention, well, the Steelers have no chance of this. They're six and a half against a team with Super Bowl aspirations, a team that plays up north, a rabid fan base, a superstar quarterback. Where have we heard that before? In week one, when they went to Buffalo and beat them. A little bit different this time, probably. All the buzz about Aaron Rodgers coming to Pittsburgh. Spoiler alert. That's not going to happen. Get over that, people in Pittsburgh. Where's your dignity already? 
I'm going to stay away, but I want to get your picks. I mean, I, I, I'm not, what, I'm, what do you want me to okay, say? Here? I'm not going to say quick. anything. I, uh, I, I like the Steelers take, I like the Steelers getting those points. Oh, um, that'll uh, be a victory that I, I, for real, they need a moral victory to propel them into week into the Denver game for real. And, and if they, if they're about, close. It'll be okay. Talk about bad defenses. Oof, that Packers defense is not strong. So, I mean, you know, again, if Ben has time, um, I, I just don't, I don't see that game as a blowout because the Packers feel, um, a little, a little chiefsy in their one dimensionality, like that, they, they know, they got a great quarterback and then, and then things not so good, uh, the rest of the way. I really like spaghetti's Colts pick. Um, I, Do I, think, wow. yeah, I, I don't have I a think, vibe either way with those. I, I think teams. the Colts, you know, it's funny. The funny thing about that game is like the Colts dolphins is a matchup where the line doesn't move no matter who plays quarterback for either team. You're like, oh man, Wentz is playing? Well, that's great. They got the 30th ranked quarterback in the NFL. Like, who cares? Like, it makes no difference. But I think if, you know, just crossing off the QB comparison, I, I think that Colts team is is not uh, as, you know, as bad as they've been. Um, and, and I think the Dolphins are not as good as we thought they might be, obviously. Um, so I like that pick. I that Rams, it's funny, you're seeing four and a half because I, I feel like that's gone down quite a bit, maybe. Uh if it opened, uh, I thought I saw minus six and then minus five and a half. So maybe that I grabbed it uh just before we started. Maybe here, that's so. plummeting rapidly. But um, so I, I agree with I do think that's a that's a closer game. You know, I I'm not quite ready to uh, anoint the Rams, although they are my Super Bowl pick. Um, and then uh, what else? Sealers, I like the, 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 I take the six and a half there. Um, 45 and a half total on that game. That should certainly go over, right? I mean, the Steelers continue to allow big plays for their allegedly dominant defense. No T.J. Watt or T.J. Watt or no T.J. T.J. Watt should play. Deontay right. Johnson should play. I mean, these things point to uh, an improved Steeler defense. Um, but... I'm 45 and a half. That just feels low to me. I mean, looks low, obviously, of Rodgers versus Roethlisberger. Nobody would have thought that a dec- uh, five years ago, obviously. And by the way, very quickly, a uh, impromptu what if that occurred to me last night um, is getting the way back machine, or not that far back, in fact, January of this calendar year. I always think about early fourth quarter, the in the Superdome of the divisional round, Breeze versus Brady. Brady Brady uh, throws a touchdown pass, I think, to Tyler Johnson, if memory serves, to tie the game. They get the ball back and they're driving down the field, and I think they're in the red zone or close to it uh, on the Saints side. And Brady throws one out that Marshawn Lattimore just about picks, and not just picks, but in stride, a definite pick six. He runs that down the sideline. Saints win that game. They go up to Lambeau. Drew Brees up there in Chile, uh, Green Bay, isn't going to win that game. The magic of Brady allows the Bucs to survive Rodgers and, and go to the Super Bowl. Instead, it's Rodgers going to the Super Bowl. And the same thing happens with the Chiefs offensive line. So the Packers win that Super Bowl, or does Mahomes still get over somehow? Because people forget the last two minutes of that Super Bowl, uh, two minutes of the first half of last year's Super Bowl. That kind of swung the whole game. But either way, you would have Mahomes with two straight and the songs we're singing about him right now, or did Rodgers get one? Then the Jeopardy stuff never happens. None of this jive about like he, I, I demand out of this uh, organization and all that. And what is the buzz about Brady and everything else as we now talk about Brady's return to uh, to Foxborough? It's very interesting. That one play kind of swings legacy stuff because what if I'm wrong and Breeze goes up to Lambeau and, and goes to the Super Bowl? You know, then we're talking, have a different conversation about Breeze. And do they then, if Breeze goes to the Super Bowl and loses, is it like, yeah, it's still time for me to hang it up? I don't think he does. So your, like, your contention is, if I understand this bit correctly, your contention is, had the outcome of these games been different, we would be talking about them differently. You're an ass. Just tell me your pick on Tampa and uh, and uh, and Belichick, would you? Well, you've already heard my pick. There's no scenario where okay. the Patriots stay within a score of the Bucks. Like the Bucks have so many weapons, um, and you know, obviously the Patriots are not the Rams. Uh, P- 
Patriots defense was bad against the Saints. Um, it, it, you know, not not getting the pressure both both sides of the ball, offensive line, defensive line. So I say no, James White. Um, you know, it Brady is a cyborg who's not going to be affected by the size of the stage. Obviously, I think he's proven that. Although maybe the biggest regular season game of all time, uh, but the kid. Who's, who's played on some pretty big stages too at Alabama, but like more likely to lay an egg. Um, and it's not, I, I just don't think you'll be able to Damian Harris, like take the air out of the ball. I, I don't, I, you know, the, what we talked about all preseason is like, can you, you know, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, can you just trample people? Well, not, not with Joe Thune playing in Kansas city and Marcus Cannon playing in Houston. Like this offensive line isn't dominating anybody. So um, as much as I'd, I'd like the Pats to win and, and, uh, I mean, keep it close. I don't, I don't see that scenario. Well, I think the bottom line is, I don't know if you guys are seeing the static, uh, coming, uh, coming off my screen, but it looks like I'm literally losing my hair. It's like, it's flying away. Are you seeing that static over my head? It just looks like I'm so distraught over the state of all my football teams and uh, pending hockey team this season. Things aren't going good there so far. Just all my hair is falling out. Well, look at it this way. Look at the bright side. Hmm. You can do the same thing I do. Because Pittsburgh doesn't have a basketball team, Kyrie Irving will never play for your NBA team. I see. Interesting. All right. See, always see. That's what you can always count on when you tune into an episode of Minus Three. Kevin Hench's always sunny disposition. He'll always find the glass half full for you out there. Best wishes watching the quarterback that you let go come into Foxborough and and it certainly beat up on. I'm it. not I don't know that. about it. I'm not my my. I do have a sunny disposition. I'm like. Brady was awesome. I wish him all the best. And and Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. Both those things are true. I couldn't be happier I, with the way I, things worked I, I out. Got, in you know England. what? I'm glad. I'm glad to keep telling the man in the mirror that. But guess what? That's the only person you're possibly fooling. I know this upsets you. This creates a range of difficult to handle emotions. But continue to perpetuate. You think I'm deceiving myself that actually I am? I am furious and busted up at the departure of Tom Brady. I think it was a little sad. I think you have to feel some pangs of sorrow that you watched him wear that ridiculous uniform and play in a stadium that had a pirate ship in it. And he still was able to win a Super Bowl without Belichick, who you guys had been genuflecting to for two decades. And now without Tom Brady, you see he's a completely pedestrian coach who's a pain in the ass. And I think that deep down, you know that that's the case. And that's got to upset you a little bit. Well, you're wrong. Shocker. All right. Very good. Eddie Spaghetti, you know I'm right about that, right? I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to go continue to lose my hair. Kevin Hench, you go uh, about your day. We'll be back. Oh, do me a favor. Go listen to or go watch on YouTube the uh, conversation with Chris Long. Good stuff. Uh, good entree into all things extra points and we got to get people in the arcade right and into the arcade extrapoints.com find the arcade there join us play against us some good props bets a props quiz for you uh pick them in the nfl i'm not sure what the third leg is this week but uh, jump in there and uh, do it you'll be playing against all of us handsome prizes um, available for you. None better than the glory of getting over on Kevin Hench and company. So good stuff, Hench. Enjoy your weekend. Good luck to your Red Sox, to your Patriots, to your Tom Brady and beyond. And we'll talk to you next week. And uh, for Eddie Spaghetti and for everybody at Extra Points, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs> <laughs>